there, and welcome to the Homeschool Sisters podcast. I'm Kate. And I'm Kara, and we're two homeschooling moms doing this homeschooling thing right beside you. We don't have it all figured out, but one thing we know for sure is that homeschooling is a lot easier when you have a sister by your side. Hey, Kate. Hey, Kara. How are you? I'm well, how are you? I'm, I'm good. Are you trapped in a snowstorm? <laughs> I am in a snowstorm. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need me to send one of those dogs with the thing around his neck full of <laughs> rum bourbon? Or yeah, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I've always wondered what alcohol is in there, whiskey. <laughs> Tequila. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. So you're you're in uh you're in New Hampshire and yes. you're dealing with a snowstorm. So we're getting pumped now. <laughs> yeah. And we're trying to record, but we might have a few issues here and there. So if if well, well, our dear listeners are are listening. They hear something weird. It's just that if you're in a snowstorm. I'm like robots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're in a snowstorm. You're in New Hampshire. Yep. You're getting dunked yep. with snow. Is it a nor'easter? Yep. What is a nor'easter? Oh, oh, this is something a New Englander should know. It has something to do with. <laughs> can I Google on my phone? <laughs> of course you can. No, I was just wondering. <laughs> And I think it has something to do with wind speed and the amount of rain, or or is that a blizzard? I don't know. It's just always... you can have a nor'easter without the snow. Okay. So maybe it's wind and it just always sounds really really exciting. Oh my gosh! And, I'm going to sound like a know. daffy New Englander for all to hear. <laughs> no, we just we I don't, don't know what it is. We don't. Really oh, have you know what? Piano. I just Googled and it says nor'easter to slam the northeast. So I'm in a nor'easter. You're in a nor'easter. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, again, let me know if I need to send you a dog with a barrel full of tequila. I'm going to say yes. Okay. Just in case. some sort of snow margarita. Yes. <laughs> so we're, we're partway through our February giveaway extravaganza. It's been going it's really well. so fun. Yeah. And, and so um, if you're hearing this now, there's still like two weeks left because we're giving stuff away every weekday in February. And then into March because we had an extra. <laughs> yes, we did. A little so, bonus. Yep. A little bonus. So um, make sure you're following us on Facebook and Instagram because that's where the giveaways are happening. And, and it's fun. It's been good. It's been a lot of fun. And the prizes are, I want to win some. <laughs> I know. I know. We're not eligible, good. even though we make no. the rules. <laughs> <laughs> so we have um, some really good questions today. So we thought we would just go through and answer. So I'm going to read the first one. Does that sound good? Sounds good. Okay, this is from Sue. And Sue asks, where and how do you find your tribe? I'm newer to homeschooling. We've moved around a bit, and I haven't made any real friends where we are now. Anyone that I know is from when my kids were in public school. And we've kind of drifted away from them. Not everyone is accepting of homeschooling. Any groups that I've tried feel as if they are already established, meaning they are all very close friends and I feel much like an outsider. The co-op situation is not a good one. I'm just learning how to homeschool. I don't feel confident teaching three classes to a lot of kids that aren't mine. I'm just figuring out how to teach my own kids. My kids really want some homeschool friends. What do I do if I can't help them with that? That's totally normal. I feel like that a little bit still and I'm few years in. I think it's hard if you're coming from public school to make that transition. 
Um, and I'm sorry that her public school friends aren't supportive because that's yeah. really hard. Yeah, because that's the thing. If you have friends that send their kids to public school, but they're still supportive, that's okay. You know, you don't have to just be friends with homeschoolers, of course. Um, it's all right as long as anybody is supporting you, no matter what their school choices are. But when you have people that are maybe questioning you or doubting you, you that's not a tribe for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I love the post that you wrote last week for our site about tribes. Oh, thank it's you. So good. Thanks. Yeah. Um, we, we struggled a lot, um, especially in the beginning to find a tribe that fit for us. And so that post is mainly about that and about those early years of just really, you know, testing things out and having them not work, um, learning the hard way that, you know, sometimes not having a tribe is better than trying to be part of the wrong tribe. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. And, you know, when she talks about like, joining a group that's already established, that's, that's really tough. You know, um, I feel lucky now because we have this group of families that we've known for many years. And I mean, my kids, it's like my kids are friends with their kids and I'm friends with the moms and it all works out great. But when somebody else new comes into that situation, I really feel for that person because they are, they're walking into a group that is already, you know, we know each other, we know each other's food restrictions, we know each other's <laughs> backgrounds you and, you know, family drama, like everything. So, so it's hard to walk in on that, I think, and feel, and feel welcomed. And as much as we try to be aware of that, I, I still worry that, you know, it is, it's really hard to enter a group where you're the new person and it's hard for the kids too. You know, um, so how are you guys doing? I know you've kind of had, I relate to this question a lot. (laughs) Yeah. We're still on our search. We, so I worked, I, my kids were in public school. I have a really, really strong group of friends here. Their kids all go to public school. They've known my kids since they were babies. We're still close. Thankfully they are supportive of our decision to homeschool. Um, but you know, it's hard to keep up with them now that the kids are all in school full time. And especially during winter, when I feel like everyone's hibernating, even the public school kids, it's just, it's dark and it's cold and nobody's around. So I feel like our social life is awesome during the summer and the spring and the fall, but then winter, it's kind of like nobody's around and it's mostly us. And we do have homeschooling friends, but because we live in a community where you move here for the public school, it's not common. So you have to go a little further to find them. It takes a little more effort. Um, there are co-ops. I haven't gone into that yet just because similar to like what Sue said, I, I'm not confident teaching a class right now. I don't know what it would be. And the commitment feels too much for me on my year of nope. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm still enjoying. And so I sort of want something. I, I was actually talking about this with another friend who homeschools in a different state yesterday. And she was saying how sometimes it's just best to throw a feeler out there to, you know, either a Facebook community or a listserv or whatever situation you have and just say, Hey, tomorrow we're going to be hiking at this place. If anyone wants to join us at this time and just see who comes and then eventually just build from that. So right now we have a couple homeschool friends. It's not a big tribe, 
I have hopes for a big tribe, but I've just res- resolved that it's going to, it's going to take a little bit to evolve and it will get better over time. And yeah, I think, and we have our public school friends too. Yeah. You do need to start small for sure. I mean, sometimes that can just be like one other mom and, mm-hmm. um, her kids and, that's really how our group that we're part of now started was, um, I met another mom and we both happened to be kind of Waldorfy leaning. And so we kind of connected over that and, and, um, it, it's grown, you know, over time, but it didn't happen right away for sure. And for a long time, it was kind of just our two families going back and forth to each other's houses. And, um, so yeah, it, it can take some time. It can. And when you're talking about like the teaching classes thing, um, we were part of a co-op that actually didn't work out for us. But one of the rules that they have was that you actually couldn't teach in your first year there. And I thought that is I really, that. really smart. Um, and so what they asked you to do instead was to volunteer in some other way. And there's, Mm -hmm. there's so much stuff that you can do. Um, I mean, you can be the secretary and take notes at the meetings. You can, um, you know, be the person that coordinates birthdays. You can, (laughs) um, you know, be the one that does a field day for the group or potluck or helps to put together a yearbook or, I mean, there's all kinds of things that you can do that aren't classes. So, um, maybe I love that. I mean, if it's a requirement that you have to teach right away, like maybe that's not a great co-op fit. But if there's, you know, another co-op out there where that's not a requirement that you have to teach, if you can maybe find something that really works for your skills, you know, and do that instead for a little while Mm -hmm. to kind of get yourself and your family in the door a little bit and get to know everybody and, and see if it's something that you want to invest in more, you know? Um, right. Cause that's the thing too. You, you might, you might start a co-op and you might realize this is really not for me. And then you're committed to teaching. Yes. You know, that's not, that's not good. That's no. Yeah. Um, it reminds me of, I listened to that, um, title schooling podcast. Um, it was on Pam Barnhill's podcast and it was with Melissa. That's Wiley. a good one. Yeah. And she's talking about, um, you know, long-term commitments. And I didn't realize that was a thing that other people had. I thought it was just me. <laughs> I, I have the same thing. I don't, I don't like committing to long-term things sometimes. So, um, I feel like it's homeschooling is so flexible and it's such a journey and such an evolution that what is working right now isn't working eight months from now. And so it makes me feel a little bit reticent to commit to something for the whole year that I don't know hundred percent is going to work for my kids. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I think it's good to keep trying to keep trying to meet people, um, to maybe think outside the box a little bit to go to other homeschooling events. Like in our community, we have homeschool roller skating. We have a homeschool day at the trampoline place. Um, you know, we went, when my kids were younger, we went to library story times and, you know, we'd just go to the park and, you know, things like that. Um, so it's good to keep trying, but I think so much of the pressure comes from feeling like we, we have to have a tribe Mm -hmm. and, it, it just isn't that easy, <laughs> um, no, you know, and it, it can take time. So I, I would and just... add different kids and different interests to the mix and it just gets more complicated. Yeah. We've had some luck with classes, just doing homeschool classes and yeah. having my kids meet people through the courses yes. and seeing them there, sometimes seeing them outside, sometimes not. It's just, 
you know, I think it's a baby steps. Definitely. Yeah. And looking online too can be good. That doesn't really help your kids a whole lot unless your kids are older. And then, um, there's some situations where, um, they might be able to take like an online class. They can connect with other kids that way um, or through some kind of interest online. But if, if they're younger, it's tricky. But at least um, even if you can just get some support, um, you know, if you feel like just somebody that you can ask questions without feeling judged, you know, without feeling, <laughs> yes. um, you know, and, and having your own friends is good too, as long as those friends are supportive and it can be, you know, friends that send their kids to public school or, you know, it doesn't, you know, friends from when you used to work or from high school or college or anything, as long as they're supportive of what you're doing. And when you start to feel really down in the dumps, you know, if they're, (laughs) if they're there to say, no, keep going, you know, your kids are doing great. Um, all that's okay too. It doesn't have to be just homeschool people, but, um, I think if you keep trying, eventually you'll, you'll connect with, I think there, we hear from so many moms who are looking for that connection that I just wish we could, they're out there, put them all. <laughs> yeah, they're there. So I just wish we could put them all in touch with, with each other. You know, I was just going to say, it's okay to blur the lines and they don't have to be strictly homeschool friends. Mm-hmm. And there can be seasons to how social you are and how much you're out there. And, you know, just like there's seasons to homeschool where you may not be taking as many field trips now because of the weather and you, you know, it's just kind of the the way things ebb and flow throughout the year. Yeah. We do best when we're outside. (laughs) (laughs) That's another problem we run into is we just function better outdoors. So any of those indoor places, it just, it's hit or miss with us. So we, What's that quote like for out if your kids are bouncing off the walls, take away the walls, bouncing off the walls. (laughs) (laughs) We, we could pose for that. If you want to make an internet photo (laughs) meme with that, I could donate a child or two. (laughs) You can make it and we'll we'll add it to the show notes, right? (laughs) I'm pretty certain that the listeners can hear my kids right now bouncing off walls in my kitchen right outside the door. (laughs) But that's the thing. It's February. February's hard. Listen to the last episode. We're all just making it through. Just a couple yep. more weeks and there will be sunshine and it'll be easier. And We're almost there. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so we have another question. Do you want to read the second one? Sure. Do you have it in front of you? Sorry. Put you I on the spot do. there. And I have my glasses. This one is from Kathleen. Ladies, been loving your podcast. I would love a podcast on chores, how other moms handle chores and household tasks. I always thought I wanted to use chores as part of our homeschooling routine, but it just seems like requiring my kids to do chores before we start our school tends to derail us or set us off in a battle of the wills. And I have seen better success devoting Saturday mornings to chores rather than focus on it during the week. I think this would be a lovely discussion topic. Thanks and keep up the good work. Chores. Chores. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm going to ask you a question. Um, Have you, have you ever tried a chore chart? Um, No. (laughs) We've tried chore charts. (laughs) I've I've used them at schools and I just... Yeah, it's just, it either works or it fails horribly. I know. <laughs> and it, 
I, I haven't used it here. I have. I, I tried a chore chart at one point. I think somebody gave us one of those magnetic ones at one point, and um, my kids thought it looked really fun, but mostly they just moved the magnets all around and nothing ever got swept or mopped or anything like that. Um, I do have visuals for like morning and evening, what you're supposed to be doing in the bathroom. The routine. <laughs> when you're in there. Yes. A routine. Yeah. So I have that, that I can point to instead of harp and be like, um, you're not brushing your teeth or, you know, you're not supposed to be running around pantsless and like spreading toothpaste <laughs> around. <laughs> but I don't have, this is what we do at this time. And this is what we do this day. Yes. It's yeah. more of a yeah, we've um, we had a morning routine list that um, worked really well for the kids. My son's was written out and my daughter's was like little pictures because she was a pre-reader at the time. That worked really well. But that was basic things like get dressed, make your bed, put your pajamas in the laundry basket, brush your teeth, brush your hair. Very basic. Um, we have tried about 182 different chore type of things, <laughs> setups. Um, I think we've There's tried. There's an internet meme for that too. Yeah. What is the one? We had it recently on Instagram. Oh, Something, is it the one the where thing. there's no one with more hope than a mom with a new chore chart? Is that the one? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And that's how I, I think always everyone kind of re relate. Yeah. I always felt like if I just figure this out and come up with the perfect way to do it, we're going to get chores done and our house is going to be this haven of loveliness that always smells like fresh laundry. And that has never happened. Fresh bread. In, yeah. <laughs> That, that, that doesn't, that doesn't work here. Um, and so I, I don't know what I'm doing right now is my friend Courtney from one deep drawer, um, had this post, um, about Advent, but in it, she linked to this thing from apartment therapy. That's basically like, it's got a couple easy steps, like control the stuff that comes into your house, you know, manage the clutter right away. Um, and then do dishes after every meal. And then I think there's something on there about laundry. That's I can't huge. remember exactly what. And then it's like one task a day. And that has been really good for me. I've been using that since Advent time. That's been working really well for me. I just schedule into my phone the one thing a day. And I tend to do it around the same time each day. Um, just keep myself honest. So I set like a little alarm for it. But when it comes to having my kids do chores and, you know, keep your rooms clean and stuff, I, I just, I haven't found something. That's not what Kathleen wants to hear. Kathleen wants answers. No. Do you have answers, Kate? I don't have answers. <laughs> I do. I, well, no, I don't have answers and it's not perfect, but I do um, expect them to help out. And I, I have explained to them, like my husband works a ton can you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> in the name of keeping it real, my kids are duking it out in the kitchen. <laughs> it's a snowstorm. We're doing the best it we can. It's a, I'm in a nor'easter. Yes. Send help. <laughs> Send a babysitter. <laughs> oh, so I sound really like I have it together <laughs> with that in the background. <laughs> 
I tell them, so my husband works a ton, as we've talked about before, and I just explained that I'm a better mom and we do more fun things if everyone pitches in and helps. So if we, we just got back from heading up north, I took them up by myself, as I tend to do when my husband's working a weekend, and they have to help me with packing. Do I help them? Sure. But I give them a list and they have to bring their stuff down and put it in the bag. I double check to make sure we're not forgetting anything. One child may have forgotten underwear this <laughs> last trip, but he did just fine. <laughs> uh, and, you know, in, you know, dishes and we clear the dishes and you load it into the dishwasher. And when we run the dishwasher, everybody helps me and the kids. If you're around, um, I've started this year. Each kid has a laundry day. It's not a certain day. It's not you do this on Monday and you, I originally did that, but it's just kind of like, okay, we haven't done laundry in a while. You, you're up, yes. <laughs> grab your stuff, come down and I help coach the situation. But I mean, thinking long-term that I want them to be self-sufficient. I want them to go off to college and know, you know, if they want to go to college, know how to bake and how to cook and clean and not have a culture shock, but it's not something organized where, you know, this is our laundry day and this is our clean the bathroom day. It's just kind of, as I see it, you know, there's toothpaste all over the bathroom, clean that up, grab a wipe, everybody worked together sort of thing. Yes. You know, and that's, I think that's what we've kind of settled into too, is just teamwork. And, Mm -hmm. um, there's so many articles out there. I know you just posted one about the link between clutter and depression. That's so Um, good. And that's a big thing. My life. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a big thing for me is that when everything is like I can't focus enough to really homeschool effectively. I'll kind of give my husband a heads up and I'll be like, all right, here's the thing. Everything kind of feels like it's falling apart. And seriously, if we take there's four of us. My kids are 10 and almost 13. Um, I mean, they're not little tiny kids, you know, with a two year old with a broom who's making a bigger mess than you know, um, than actually helping. Um, and, and so if I, if we take 20 minutes, we can get things really kind of more under control. And sometimes that's just what I need. And I, I think that's a big thing is figuring out what is like the minimum that you can function in, you know, I mean, some people dishes in the sink, don't bother them. Other people dishes in the sink will make them nuts. You know, some people unmade beds will make them nuts. Other people never make their bed. So just kind of figuring out in your family, what, what's going to stand in the way of you having a good day together? What's going to stand in the way of you getting homeschooling done and focus on that. And, um, so a lot of times in the morning, our chore routine is, you know, we have breakfast and then, like you said, it's like, okay, you, the bathroom is gross. You're, you're going to handle that. You put in a load of laundry, you, <laughs> you know, and I'm, yeah. you know, doing the dishes or whatever. And, um, and you know, we just set, we set a timer. I think that helps a lot because kids, yes. <laughs> they think it's going to go on forever. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say like, you know, setting a timer really helps kids, but I, I had a, a root canal this week and I was asking the, um, <laughs> the, the dentist, I was like, how much is left? Cause then, <laughs> <laughs> I need because, to know I'm almost done. Right? Because just knowing that there's like a light at the end of the tunnel, it's like, okay, I can handle this for another 20 minutes. If you said another hour and a half, I was going to need a break. So, you know, things like that. So just telling your kids like 20 minutes, we're going to get as much done as we can. And then just being able to let go a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think it really just depends on like, 
your personality, what you need. Um, if you really need a very picked up, very neat house, it's, it's going to, you're probably going to have to focus a lot more on chores than if you're somebody that is okay with projects drying on the table and occasionally having to make a target run for new underwear because somebody ran out. Not that that's ever happened to me <laughs> ever. Um, I had a kid who just went on vacation in slippers. Thank God I packed boots. <laughs> so we showed up at the grocery store to get shoes, to get food for vacation. And I was like, what is on your feet? <laughs> so we just went in, he walked in in snow. I was like, we're not, I'm, we were just wearing them, so we yeah. were the weird homeschoolers in the grocery stores. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. If you're okay with certain things, that's great. But if you know what's going to drive, other things are going to drive you nuts, then that should become a priority because you're not going to be able to function at your best if something's driving you nuts, you know? Right. So if, if the unfolded and laundry you makes you crazy, either figure out a system or figure out a way to hide it. <laughs> that, that's my advice. My closet might work. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was going to say, when you were talking about the timer, something that happened to us recently. So I hate putting laundry. I hate laundry because it's just one of those things that never goes away. And I've tried to make peace with it. And I just can't. So I, that's where I focus my energy. I'm getting people more independent in their laundry. So my kids for a while, before they started doing it with me as laundry coach, they could put it away. Everything's labeled, you know, like you said, pre-reader, like we have pictures on the drawers, they can put everything away. I have one child might be the oldest who will sit and whine about putting his laundry away forever. He could whine the whole afternoon about having to do this task that would probably take him 10 minutes. So one time I actually timed the whining and then I timed when he actually did his work and I showed him the data. I was like, you whined about this for 55 minutes. <laughs> and then when you finally put it away, it took 10. So, and, and you could see the lights going off and now it's been for at least knock on wood lately has been better because he realizes if he just focuses yeah. and puts it away, then he has all this time that's not wasted with the, you know, thinking about it. Yeah. I love that you just called so. yourself a laundry coach. That's awesome because that's the thing, um, you know, what you, there's, there's phases of chores. Like there's the little kids that want to help, but really like they're, they're just not really helping, Help. you know, I mean, they can put blocks in a basket or whatever, but you know, you're, you're trying to get them to clean the table and it's like, it's just covered in soapy mess and you know, it's, it's just more of a mess for you to clean up later. Right. So there's that stage. And then there's the stage where you are, you're, you're teaching and, um, it, it can take a while, but then that pays yeah. off later. So you might have to, depending on the age of your kids, you might have to invest more time in chores too when they're younger and make it more of a part of your homeschool day when they're younger. And then as they get older, it gets a little bit easier because now, like I said, I can look at my kids and I can go, you tackle the bathroom. You put in a load of laundry. Um, it was not like that a few years ago. If it would have, it gets easier. Yeah, it does for sure. And I think it, it can become less of a focus. Um, you know, when your kids are older too, because you can just kind of send them off <laughs> and they're, they're genuinely helpful. You know, I mean, it is. And it's yeah. right now, the stage I'm at, it's a, it's a good, um, movement break for kids who are active. Okay. So Kathleen, take heart. It, it gets, 
it gets easier as your kids get older. And I think just figuring out what, what works, um, what, what your family needs to do to be able to function effectively. And if that means big cleanup on the weekend and little things here and there, or, you know, but I really, I do like the apartment therapy thing of working on one thing per day. Have you ever done, I'm going to go read that after this. Um, have you ever done like a cleaning system, like followed a book or followed anything like that before? No, I'm, so I, I always tell my friends, cause my friends will come over and they'll be like, you're so, your house is so clean. My house is not clean. My house is organized. So I'm really good at organizing and things have a place. And for me yeah. to think well in a room, now there's rooms where it doesn't bother me, but there are certain zones like the kitchen and the family room and my bedroom where I just need it organized. It doesn't need to be clean. And, um, so I've always been very good about like kind of doing little bits at a time. And if it looks organized, if it's not clean, it doesn't necessarily bother me if that yeah. makes sense. And you like to purge, so like the, right? We both I purge. We love all to purge. the time. Yeah. Another purge is coming on soon. Let me tell you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I, I love, I can feel it. I love that. I feel like it's so much easier to keep things generally organized when there's just less stuff. And I am a big fan of the sometimes you need to just take a day and reset. And that's okay because you're going to be way more productive with homeschooling and everything else down the line. So it's okay to just like take a break and be like today we're all going to work on whatever. And that's when you can tackle some of those bigger projects or whatever, or, um, going through all the kids clothes and, you know, dressers and getting rid of all the, you know, outgrown stuff. And, uh, we just devote the entire day to purging the closets and the drawers and going to Goodwill and dropping it off or, you know, having the epilepsy society come and pick it up. And it feels so much better. And you feel like you have more energy and more focus when that is cleared out of your brain. Yes. So, and, and kids can help with that. And when they're little, that's educational sorting and, you know, and it's even a, you know, a kindness activity. If you talk about where it's going and, you know, being green and all that good stuff. So you can make it educational. Definitely. Uh, which is something we're going to be talking about in one of the future questions too. Okay. So our next question is from Andrea and it says, I love your podcast. I'm not a mom yet. My husband and I are on an adoption journey. And so I don't homeschool, but it's something that my husband and I are strongly considering. Here's my question. I always imagined that while the kids were at school, that's when me, the mom in this scenario would be able to run errands and get things done. The dry cleaning run, the food prep and shop and a million other things. How do you navigate being the manager of the home and the manager of the school? I can't be the only one who wonders how y'all do this. Thank you and keep up the awesome work. Oh, that's so nice. First of all, Andrea, I hope the adoption journey goes well. I think that's awesome. And I think it's very smart that they're already thinking about homeschooling. I I wish I would have thought about it a little sooner than I did, but (laughs) (laughs) it all worked out okay. (laughs) (laughs) So... That's a really good question. It um, is a good question. Because I think that, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the idea, right? Once the kids are in school, you don't have to think about 
balancing the two. You're just off to do the grocery shopping while they're in school, right? This is the part. There's a lot that I don't miss about public school. This is the part that I'm jealous of my public school friends that you can go, you can schedule a haircut or you can go to the dentist easily when you need to versus, you know, shuffling all this stuff. Um, it is hard to take some planning. It, it does. I think in a lot of ways you just sort of integrate, you know, and the other thing is you don't, well, with an adoption journey, you might, I was going to say, you usually don't start out with a five-year-old. Maybe with an adoption journey, you do, you know, um, mm-hmm. but you're starting out with a baby. So you learn how to do all those things. You learn how to grocery shop with a baby. You learn how to go to the dentist with a baby or how to make sure that you save that precious little bit of babysitting time that you have or whatever for those things, you know, and you'll learn to prioritize if you do have solo time, how to use it really, really wisely. <laughs> <laughs> You're not Um, kidding. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And sometimes uh, my solo time, I would use it to go to a bookstore and just like wander around and drink a cup of tea and be on my own because that's what I needed most, you know, and um, I would take the kids with me to the grocery store and it would be a little harder and, you know, I'd have a little one throwing limes out of the cart or whatever, but... Did you have this when you were little with your, with or when your boys were little, everything that was round was a ball? When, yes. <laughs> Especially, do you know, did you have those Melissa and Doug wooden food items? Yes. The orange. Oh my gosh. And the tomato. They yeah. They were like grenades. <laughs> it's a miracle we did not break a window with the orange and the tomato. I, I had to donate them because they yeah. were just horrible. And, and the thing is, they're great. They're great to play with, but. such good toys, but no, they thought that was a ball. My little guys thought it was a ball. So yeah. (laughs) And then, um, you know, anything that looked like a ball in the food cart, so it'd go off the side. Um, so yeah, I mean, the thing is you do, you kind of get used to it, um, as your kids are getting to when they would be school age. And then actually it gets easier, you know, because, um, they're a little bit older, they can help, um, Mm -hmm. with different things. We listen to audiobooks when we have to do errands. And that helps a lot. That's a good um, idea. And we have a rule that you always bring a book when we're off doing errands. Everywhere you go. So, um, I mean, that's kind of school in the car, you know. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I. you're right. There is definitely, I had, <laughs> I had a moment a couple of weeks ago where I was like, this is the, you know, the one thing where I'm like, oh, it will really, school really would be nice (laughs) (laughs) to have. And it's, it's with appointments and things like that. And, you know, we've got like tax appointments coming up and I'm thinking, oh, these poor kids are going to have to sit there for an hour. But in a way it also, you know, how the big argument is like homeschoolers don't know about the real world. Homeschoolers totally know about the real world because they're getting dragged everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) With their parents, they know about they know the taxes. price of milk. They know, <laughs> <laughs> they do. They so, know the gas. <laughs> they they gas really is do. Cheap this week. Yeah. Um. Do you do, so? Do you do like a lot of errands at once, or do you do do you space them out? Because parents have like moms I know have different strategies for this. Some of them are like we have our errand day and we just go and we do it all. So it's seasonal again for us right now this time of year. With the my kids are still in in 
you know, they're still in seats in the car and they have to take the coat off and there's so many layers. I hate food shopping with kids and doing errands in the winter. So I avoid it at all costs or just do it with one. So there is a day that my two kids, my big kids are in class. I'll do a lot of errands while they're in class with my little guy. And it just makes it easier. Um, when it's warmer, I'll tend to do more just cause it's nice out and we yeah. can walk things. And so there's, there's different times. Yeah. You can have the windows things. down. It's everything's yeah. not cold. You can, you know, yeah, just put this it in. This time of year is just miserable for Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> this time of year is just sort of generally miserable. See, <laughs> no see last wants- episode. <laughs> Please refer yeah. to. Yes. Um, and, you know, it used to be when we would have a lot of errands, there was always a promise of a treat, too. So a little yes. bit of bribery um, mm-hmm. for me, too. It was like, oh, you know what? If everybody Starbucks. does a really good, exactly. If everybody does a really good job, we'll go to the Starbucks, and I'd be like, oh, I just want my tea. Um, so yeah, and we would even, I would even do reverse bribery, where I'd be like, okay, we're gonna go to Starbucks first, <laughs> so that we can get through this, whatever it is. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it. I think. I think you figure it out. It's hard. I think. Yeah, and um. You know, you have There's to this out. idea that balance is something you can obtain, and I don't think you can. <laughs> yeah. I've written about this before. I think it's like you're doing really well at these couple things right now, and you're slacking on these other things. Yeah, and it changes. Um, mm-hmm. There's ages and stages and um, times when it's going to work really well to do a lot of errands, you know, at once. Um, but then there's, you know, there's nap times when you have little tiny ones and... It just kind There's of... kid temperaments. I mean, for the longest yeah. time, I I went through the abandon the cart phase in Market Basket. <laughs> like, yeah. It lasted forever. It lasted way longer than it was supposed to, where I was like, oh, we're just leaving. Like, this is it. We're over. We're done. Yeah. So, I mean, it it gets easier overall. It does. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the things at home where it's like, you know, the food prep or, you know, other things like that, I... Um, it's great if you can include your kids in that stuff as much as possible, but there's also, I mean, I had a, I had a night this week when, um, you know, one of my kids wanted to help with dinner and I texted my husband, I'm not going to start dinner until you get home. And when you get home, I need you to come up with an activity because I just needed to cook dinner on my own. I was just kind of having one of those nights where I was like, I just, I can't do this as like a project. It just has to be, I would just want to throw everything in the pan and get it done and eat and get to my book, you know? (laughs) So, (laughs) so it's great. You know, sometimes you can include those things. Um, you know, my kids and I, we would like bake together a lot. We wouldn't cook together so much sometimes because, um, sometimes you just need to be able to make a meal without distractions and, you know, million teeny little fingers getting in there trying to chop things up. But, um, you know, baking was, we saw as more of a project. So those kinds of things we could do together or, um, you know, we talked just a couple minutes ago about chores, you know, teaching kids to do chores, um, investing the time in that, and then it pays off later on. But yeah, I think you're right. There, there's not really a balance. It's more, uh, this is what's working right now this season. This is how I'm getting through it this season. This is what I'll do, you know, when something changes and trying different things, staying open and realizing that, um, you know, if, if it doesn't work, it, it, that's okay. I mean, 
<laughs> um, and the other thing is I find I have, I have almost no dry cleaning anymore because I'm not going to a fancy job. I guess if your husband is though, and he likes I have you to drop off the dry own, cleaning. So. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. For a long time I did it. And then it just, just that act of getting out of the car, it wasn't on the way to anything. And it was mm-hmm. one more thing where I had to get kids in and out. And it took so much yeah. longer than if he just drove by it and popped it. You know, what one of the most wonderful things was, was when, um, um, shipping place opened up that has a drive-thru in our town (gasps) and a shipping place. Yeah. Like, um, like a postal shop type place. No way. I, it's, it's a little bit further. It's like a 20 minute drive, but it is worth it to me. I would drive for that. Yeah. It's totally (laughs) worth it. So that's the the other thing. The post office and the bank are the two of my least favorite places to take kids, especially I'm in a small town and the post office is like a postage stamp size. So the kids to have three kids in there while you're trying to do your thing, they can touch everything. And there's also a dinging door. Yeah. So if they just, you know, the automatic ding. So then I've got the one kid that's just like ding, 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 ding. The whole time we're there. Stop it. Just everyone stop. I hate that. I hate that job. You know, I read something I once. The last possible minute, like let it build up. Like, okay, we're going to the post office right. and mailing these 50 things. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so of course it takes longer, but, um, I read something once about like giving your kids something to do with their hands while you're running errands and stuff. I know for some moms that's been effective. I, I read about giving them pipe cleaners. My kids just ended up poking themselves. Um, <laughs> silly putty, Play-Doh, you know, just to kind of keep them from like touching everything and, you know, but um, in, a, in a way it's really kind of, it's kind of good because what you're doing is you're taking your kids in these situations and you're like, okay, if you can be in a good place, if you can get your treat, you know, and be in a good place and be like, all right, guys, when we go in here, these are my expectations. You know, we're not going to touch everything. We're going to use quiet voices, da, 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 da. Over time, it gets easier. So our next question is from Amy, and she says, Hi there. I'm a brand-new homeschooling mom to two boys aged six and a half and five. I just recently discovered your podcast and have really been enjoying it. On a recent episode, you talked about being out at a market mid-morning because you were already done for the day, and it both resonated with me and made me jealous. I'm a rule follower by nature, so most days after we've done what I think the kids need to do for the day, I look at my notes and realize it's only been two and a half hours, and I immediately start to feel all kinds of pressure to meet meet our state's hour requirements. I end up running myself ragged, teaching until my voice is hoarse, and I'm exhausted, or filling the rest of the day with busy work or screen time I don't really want my kids doing, or throwing my hands in the air and saying, oh, well, we'll make up our hours on the weekend. I also find myself relentlessly timing all of our recreational activities as a family, looking for any nugget I can count to school. None of this seems sustainable, and none of it points to the homeschooling life I want to believe is possible for our family. So I know every state's requirements are different, but how do you work with what's required of you legally and still do homeschooling your own way? And how do you fulfill those legal requirements while leaving plenty of margin for play and downtime? Is it really as hard as I'm making it? Please say no. Oh, poor Amy. I know. I know. Amy. Oh, 
I want to invite her over. It's that and first year. Give her a cup of tea and tell her to put her feet up and yes. just let our kids play. <laughs> Aww. And okay. have a full stop. So a couple things come to mind when I read this. First of all, you have worked in public schools. So you know that there's a big <laughs> the difference <truth> is. <laughs> between how much time is actually spent doing learning type things in public schools and how much time is spent doing other type things in public schools. Transitions and getting everyone on track and getting everyone to pay attention and moving from one classroom to another and recess and lunch and all of that stuff. And bathroom there. breaks. Yeah. Bathroom breaks. Yep. Yeah. You are teaching two kids with one teacher. So it's a, it's two to one ratio, which is totally different than when you have one or two teachers in a classroom of 25. So you are getting so much more done than you think you're getting done right now. I guarantee it without even looking at what you're doing. Um, and I found with our first year, so we're in New Hampshire and it's very lax. I have to do either a portfolio or a year end evaluation and a teacher has to look at it. So I have my neighbor up the street who's a teacher do it, do it for me. Nobody comes looking for it. So, so I know some states are so much harder than others, but I know I found that when I look back, I'm always, even when I feel like I've been slacking, I'm amazed at how much my kids have done when you look back at it, but it's hard to see it when you're in the moment. And it's hard if you have some sort of hourly requirement to be thinking about that all the time. Yeah. So I think you need to get creative and see where you can make space for yourself and just, I don't know. I have a couple, couple different thoughts. Like when, when I feel really anxious about our homeschooling, usually at the beginning and the end of the year, <laughs> when I'm thinking about the portfolio, I have, I have, um, Sarah McKenzie spiral notebook sort of for myself where I write down what I did each day. Does not great detail, but just, you know, we did math and we did this and we, and we went here for a field trip. I think you could easily do that for yourself and then just write down, you know, at the end of the day, take five minutes and just say, these are the subjects we did. This is how much time we did and add it up, something like that. Um, or you could have certain things that you just know, like a field trip is so many hours or math is this hour and just, I don't know if there's like a checklist or I, I'm thinking like at the year end when you have to document it, trying to make how to make that easier for her. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I so have the exact same thought about though, it? of writing things down after they've done them because yeah. I feel like if you're, if you're trying to plan this out and everything, I mean, it's, it's just going to look really discouraging, but if you're kind of yes. letting things happen a little bit more and then and enjoying the moment. Yeah. And then tracking them, um, things start to count that don't, that might not count if you were just in, you know, what are we doing right now mode? But if you're reflecting back on the day and you realize, you know what, my kids played with dominoes and they were building a track that the animals were walking on with the dominoes. But at the same time, they were like, oh, those are both sixes and those are both whatever, you know, because at five and Math six and, and a stuff. half. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think you're right. Getting creative with how you count things. Um, and it's not even when we say creative, I feel like that implies sort of like a, you know, creative, like we're getting creative and we're right. cheating a little bit, Made but it's up. not. Yeah. I remember when I first started homeschooling, I have a neighbor up the street who has a kid that's in high school and I've mentioned her before. 
before. She's fantastic. She came over and she just laid it out. She was like, when you go to the farm stand, you are doing math. You are doing life skills. Like you count that when you go to the library story time, that's a field trip. You count that that's literacy. That's this. You can double count. You are doing more than you think. If you take the school out of it and you look at what, what are you actually doing and what are they learning in this moment? Cause they're always learning. School doesn't, you know, kids let out of school at three o'clock they're still learning afterwards. It's just, what are they learning right now? So yeah. you just need to get creative in the way you think about it. And they're learning. I would say read some John Holtz. <laughs> yes, definitely. that helps And so teaching much. from rest. Um, you just mentioned mm-hmm. Sarah McKenzie. Teaching from rest for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, those state requirements, it's hard. It, and they are different in every state. My state, too, is pretty lax um, in what we need to keep track of. And... If you're in a state where you're feeling like a ton of pressure like that, um, maybe if you can look at some ways to outsource some of that in the ways that you said, like a story time, um, like, uh, I'm trying to think like, um, classes at, you know, a science museum or something like that. Um, and then every afternoon, if I were you, I would put on an audiobook. <laughs> Yes. And let your kids listen to that audiobook while they're playing and count that um, and count it in every single category that it works for, you know, um, and just give yourself some breaks. I mean, when you're talking about teaching until you're hoarse and exhausted, I mean, that's you're right. That's not sustainable. And you're going to burn out and you're going to feel I mean, like I said, I just want to invite invite Amy over for a cup of tea and tell her to put her feet up and like because that is so hard and and it's also not the fun. first year because the first year feels I remember that like that whole feeling of like yeah. needing to get this done and wh- who you know does this count? Am I mm-hmm. doing what I'm doing right now? Does this count as anything? Am I th- yeah? Am I doing enough? Is this enough math? Yes. And I would definitely, all of the posts that you've been doing about games and the ones where you talk about games for each subject, I think that would be a wonderful thing to be able to add to her homeschool (laughs) because it's fun. But the other thing is you might be able to set your kids up since they're close in age. You might be able to set your kids up with some of those games and get a little breather yourself because I mean, if you're one person trying to do this all day long, trying to do a, you know, six hour day or seven hour day or whatever the requirements are, it, it, that is so different than being in a setting where you have a music teacher come in and you have a gym teacher come in and, um, you know, you're getting, and the other thing is that five and six and a half, I know in our state, we're not even legally required to start homeschooling until seven. I know a lot of states are the six. same as for us. Yeah. So, I mean, you might even first grade want to explore that a little bit. I mean, we still have half day kindergartens for, you know, five-year-olds in our community. So you might even want to explore that a little bit and see if you need to be doing all this now, or if you can kind of put it on hold a little bit. And if you can put it on hold, if you don't need to start until the kids are seven, take a break take yes. you deserve a break at this point take a break and just get it take two breath. weeks off and yeah just have fun yeah. I I would also suggest if you can connecting with someone in your state 
who's been doing it longer and see how they document it and what has helped them. Um, I was thinking to, you know, documentaries, you know, and Mm -hmm. um, other things where you can just kind of let the kids play while they're doing it. I mean, at five and six and a half still, I mean, they're at an age where they are learning so much through play. Um, Mm -hmm. And a public school might not count that. But as a homeschool mom, at the end of the day, you can, and you can look back on those moments. And, um, I mean, the conversations that you have, it, it, it's funny. I'm, you know, my kids are 10 and almost 13 now. And, you know, we're having these conversations at dinner and, um, you know, that's when I, I see some, so much coming back from what we've learned during the day and you know they're talking to their dad about things and you know they've got opinions and thoughts and conclusions they're drawing and um so just I mean I I know that the reason that you're making it hard is because you want to do it right you so desperately want to do it right and I get that and I think Kate you and I have both been there and (laughs) the weight of the responsibility is like an elephant on your chest sometimes because you know you you it's so important to you and um but I think maybe it's time to just see the places where you can take some reasonable shortcuts I'm not saying put your kids in front of the tv all day I am saying that wild Kratz is darn educational it sure is <laughs> so <laughs> Those crap brothers. Yes. So give yourself, you know, give yourself um, some room to breathe and give your kids some room to play. And um, I love your recommendation, Kate, of connecting with another mom, um, maybe even a co-op. And then um, one day a week of education might even be taken care of for you, you know, um, or at least some of the classes and things. Um, but you can connect with other people in your community that know specifically what it is that you need to do where you are and you can learn how they're making it work. And, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And if you show up and they're all exhausted too, at least you can support each other (laughs) and, (laughs) um, commiserate over coffee (laughs) and brainstorm and everything. But it is hard. The first year is hard and just know that it gets easier. You're in the throes and it's February of your first year. Mm -hmm. It's horrible. (laughs) Yeah. It can be really hard and um, And it, and it gets so much easier over time. It does. And you can look into maybe, um, a year round schedule. So you're not having to do as much every day. I know you guys really stick with a year-round schedule more, right? We do. It's just a lot easier for my kids um, transition-wise. I don't have to battle them. Mm-hmm. Get back yeah. into a groove if we just always... And at that age, too, um, she has similar ages as I do. You can just call things school. And so you even if you're on vacation, they like we were last week, I was calling things school so that when we came back this week... Mm-hmm. We were still doing school. It just looked different. And it's easier to do that at this point because we're more unschooly. You know, we don't have a set. This is what we do this day at this time. So it's a little bit easier for me to do that. But the, something every day. Yeah. Well, you had said one time, like, um, you guys were going to the farm. And it's like the farm today is school because you just want to set mm-hmm. in mind that every day we do school. And so, right. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, good luck, Amy. That's it's hard. You've but, got this. Yeah, and I hope you can find Amy's some got this. support resources in your community, and um, let us know how it's going if you can. Yes, check back in. Yeah. Okay, so we have one last one, um, and this is a short one, and I deleted the person's name, so I'm very sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But it's about podcasts. Um, Yay! It says, as a mom who craves information, I'm a scientist, so I need ideas. I'm wondering if you ladies have podcasts that you listen to on a regular basis. Your podcast is so encouraging that I'm wondering who encourages you. That's very nice. Um, It is very nice. Do you listen to many podcasts? Um, I have full intention of listening to many podcasts. If you were to look on my phone and see all my podcasts, you would be very impressed. But yes. they've all stopped updating because I don't listen to them. <laughs> but well, I do. I listen. So when when I think about who encourages you, that question um, that the listener asked, I I am more of a when I'm looking for encouragement, I seek it through a book. I do religiously listen to the Read Aloud Revival, and there's others that I love, like Your Morning Basket and um, Homeschooling Solutions, and a whole bunch of others. Um, but those are probably the only two that I religiously keep up on. Yeah. Um, there's a whole bunch that I listen to with my kids. That's easier than finding the time to listen uninterrupted. I mean, you guys are listening to this podcast and you got, I have a recorder happening. In the <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. It's making me twitch a little bit, but my house is not conducive to me sitting and listening to a podcast as much as I would love for it to be. Yeah. So that's a long rambling answer to what you just asked. <laughs> no, what about you? Um, we like stuff you missed in history class. Um, and we like stuff you should know. Those are both really, really good. And generally they're okay. And definitely stuff you missed in history class, um, is they know that, um, schools listen sometimes. So they will put like a little alert at the beginning. If it's something that's a little bit of a tricky topic. Um, okay. The way I heard it with micro is short and it's really good. Do you, do you remember micro from dirty jobs? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. his have been pretty kid friendly um every once in a while I have to stop one but (laughs) good to know yeah um but I really like it and it's it reminds me of do you remember Paul Harvey um my grandparents listened to that when I was growing up you never no (laughs) it's it's short and there's like uh he tells a story and then there's kind of like this twist at the end where you're like oh "Oh, that's who he's talking about and it's really fun if you can kind of figure it out um the ones that I listen to on my own, I have um, the Meditation Minis podcast, and that's really, really good. Short meditations. Um, Tara Brock, her meditations are a little bit longer, um, and I like hers. And then the Sleep With Me podcast that we've talked about before, I listen to <laughs> when I'm having trouble falling Always asleep Always makes me laugh. Um, and then I have a couple true crime podcasts that I do not listen to with my kids. And I, so I don't do a, I, that, those are the ones that like, I don't do as good of a job of keeping up with. Um, I listen to my favorite murder, which (laughs) (laughs) 
it's a comedy podcast, um, but it is a, it's a true crime podcast. And so um, I would not recommend that for folks who don't want to hear about, you know, gory, gruesome, terrible murders. And, um, and then, <laughs> and hear um, a lot of a certain word that starts with an F. Um, and then there's the Someone Knows Something podcast. Um, I like that one too. And um, there is a really, really good post from... Melissa Camara Wilkins, our friend, she was on yes. um, an episode around Christmas time. Um, and she lists a bunch of personal growth podcasts. And I've tried some of those. Um, I like the Becoming Wise podcast. And there's a couple more. So we can link to that in the show notes. Um, and of course, she lists the Read Aloud Revival on there, which mm-hmm. is a big favorite of mine. And like you said, big Pam, favorite. Pam Barnhill's podcasts. And, um, you know, every once in a while, I'll just kind of try something new and um, see if it sticks for a little while. I love cereal when it's on. Um, and I keep hearing I have to listen to that. I'm just bad yeah. with following. Yeah. Um, but I, I like, know. I actually do better with podcasts than I do with audiobooks for me. Like with the kids, we listen to audiobooks together a lot, but I like podcasts because they're shorter and stuff. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, that's oh uh, you know what and then there um we had another recommendation because we actually put this out to some of our friends over at um the simple homeschool Mm -hmm. site and sorry it's gonna take a second (laughs) yeah that's okay I can say the the some of the ones that my kids love are um it's a subscription service but we love around the world stories I think I put it in the same kind of category as podcasts. We also love the brains on podcast, 60 second science, um, story, Nori and barefoot books. Yes. Oh, and, uh, so we'll listen to those often. Is it classics for kids? The one that does um, classical music. That one's really good. Um, That's a good one too. We've listened to that one together. Okay. So we had, we put this out to the, um, simple homeschool, um, our pals at Simple Homeschool. And Perva Brown, who is one of the contributors there, says Zach Slayback has a podcast about education I love. And I'm listening to old episodes of the Isaac Morehouse show because he's taking a break for now. Um, and Perva is um, the classical unschooler. She blogs the classical she's unschooler. She's great. And then um, she's actually guest posting on my site today. She is. Oh, I saw yeah, that. That's right. I can link it in the show notes. It's a great article about using iPads yes, with kids. I love Which is something that. I've been all year. I'm like, I'm going to start using our iPad with my kids. Yeah. <laughs> I still haven't because I'm like, oh, it's a slippery slope when it, they don't know it. It does. It feels she gives like really it. good advice. I love her like intentional plan for how to make it work for their family. That's really, really smart. It's so such good advice. Yeah. Um, and then Melissa, um, responded to, and, um, she says, uh, the road back to you. It's about life through the lens of the Enneagram. And I have listened to that a little bit. Um, I have wanted to learn more and more about the Enneagram. I got the book that we can link to in the show notes. I got two of the books actually. Um, it's a hard one for me to wrap my head around. Um, so that podcast is helping me learn about it because I'm interested in it. But, um, and then it says, if you're looking for something specifically mom focused, I've heard good things about God centered mom and the abundant mama project, though I haven't listened to either one very much. So, so those are a few suggestions. Oh gosh, now we have a big list to get you started. More to add to my, (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> to, your, to your already list. Oh no. Yeah. But I like listening to podcasts. Um, I do too. I like, um, I had my ear, my laundry's down in the basement and it's kind of like depressing down there and I hate laundry anyway. So it was really nice to be able to, but then I went for a, a run and I used my earbuds. Now I don't know. Really. <laughs> <laughs> Just so lame. But laundry was a lot happier when I was listening to podcasts. It was like a nice little moment. Yeah. Well, I've been using my sleep phones more and more. I like my sleep phone still. Um, Good. So I just told my, my husband's a sleep guy and I just told yeah. him about them and he had never heard of them. I was like, well, tell your people. Yes. <laughs> I recommend sleep phones highly. We have at least two people in my house right now that want a pair. And then they also have, it's not sleep phones, but it's another company that makes like a headband style one. Um, but they're animals. Um, oh, no. We can link to them, but they're super cute. And so my daughter wants a pair of those. They have like a panda and a frog. and Oh, yeah. no way. Yeah. So what's making you happy this week? Okay. So what's making me happy today is the nor'easter. <laughs> Yay. I just, it, it, there's something about, we haven't had a lot of snow here. We were talking about this before we went on the air. And there's just something about when you get a good hefty helping of snow in New England and everything is quiet and pretty and blanketed and it makes you want to go out and explore and then come in and have hot cocoa and read by the fire and do all that kind of winter. For some reason, games and books by the fire feels happier. I don't know. And twinkle lights, which are still yeah. up <laughs> despite my husband's grumbling. It feels cozy. <laughs> like a good snow it does. It feels really cozy. cozy. And we we don't have any snow on the ground right now and we're missing it. So I wish that we could get a little bit of a nor'easter here, but we're in the Midwest, so we don't have those. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and one of the times that we were out here, because we've had a little bit of trouble <laughs> due to the internet connection here, I looked it up and it has to do with the wind pattern going up. Okay. coming off it it's winds yeah and the way it goes <laughs> well we have wind here but it's not it's not fun wind it's just normal wind or tornadoes um yeah yeah so okay i have two things and one is jane the virgin have you watched that oh i watched the first um it first and maybe the second what's what season is it on because I, I forgot about that well i'm watching the second season right now. I just started okay. watching the second season and I, so I'm fun. really enjoying it. It is. And you know what I like about that show is it has one of the most real, and, and this is, <laughs> this is going to sound silly because, um, I mean, not to spoil things, but it's, the idea is it's kind of based on like a telenovela. So there's a lot of big drama and things, you know? And so big drama has happened to this family, but Despite all that, it is one of the most realistic portrayals of motherhood that I have seen in a TV show. I mean, mm -hmm. with, you know, nursing um, while trying to work and take classes and pumping and, you know, pump and dump and, <laughs> you know, all those things that, um, you know, and at one point they're just everybody's trying to get her to take a shower. And it's like, no, I just want to curl up with my baby, you know, and those new days of motherhood and the intensity of the emotions and, um mm -hmm you know, crying for no reason and then crying because your baby's growing and crying because, you know, you're just, just very, very real. And it just made me think back to those early days and how intense it all is. So, mm -hmm. um, but it's also, the show is hysterically funny and, yes. um, the characters are great. 
and yeah, so I've, I've been really enjoying that. And then the other thing that I'm enjoying because it's making me happy is my pink hair. So <laughs> I love your pink hair. I would highly encourage you if you are feeling 40 ish and like, <laughs> and like you need to do something a little crazy, go get some pink hair because it will make you. I don't know. You know, sometimes just being silly and having fun. My mm-hmm. daughter, when she got her hair done for her 10th birthday and I got her leftovers. So I just have a little pink streak, but, but I it's love good. it. So yeah. Yeah. So, so these fun. have been fantastic questions. We have a lot of questions, so we're going to have to do another episode like this soon. Um, and we can, read every question that you send in. We do, yeah. Every and single one. Some people are really wonderful. We just got a question um, earlier this week that it wasn't, it, it was like, it's not a question. It's just, it was somebody that was dealing with February and having a really hard time. And so, Do you want me to read it? Is that the one you sent to me? Yeah, and it, it was just so... It, it was so good. Yeah, it's just nice to know that um, people are feeling encouraged because... That's why we, that's why we do all this during the Nor'easter, even when our kids are kind of, you know. (laughs) This was a really good, do you want me to read it? Because it was really, really nice. And I think other people relate to it. So it's from Roxanne and she said, no question. Just wanted to send you guys a thank you note for the February podcast. This is my first year homeschooling and I almost gave up last week. I have a 12, 13 in month. 13 in March, excuse me, year old, and between hormones, an 18-month-old baby, still working part-time, and a healthy dose of mom guilt, plus need to do all the things, I was done. We are not religious at all, and I called a private Christian school, and then she wrote LOL. Then a friend of mine called, explaining to her why no one should ever homeschool and why I was getting my child out of my house as fast as possible. I slowly slipped back into all the reasons why the school system stinks. And by the end of the conversation, I was a little less convinced. And by the end of the evening, I sent her a text to tell her I had talked myself back into homeschool while talking her out of it. My son and I talked, refocused and agreed to give it another shot. And then on my way home from work yesterday, I listened to the podcast and realized I had just had a case of the February and all I could, and all that could have been avoided if I could actually keep up with my podcast listening. (laughs) I can relate to that one. (laughs) Thank you guys for all all you do homeschool is hard but so worth it and i know next february and really every month to just take a chill pill and remember why we are all doing this oh thank you roxanne i'm glad that that makes me happy because it makes me smile yeah we just want to keep encouraging people because it is it's hard sometimes it's hard some days and we all have hard days and we all have hard months um and hard so, seasons yeah yeah <laughs> But stick with it because you got this, right? You've got this. Definitely. Okay. Well, it's been so fun talking to you. So great talking to you. And again, thanks everyone for your questions. Um, you can head to our site, thehomeschoolsisters.com for show notes from this episode. And if you want to ask us a question, you can click on ask us a question, enter in your information, and um, we'll do another one of these episodes soon. All right. Well, thanks, Kate. I will talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We'd love to answer your question next. So head to our site, thehomeschoolsisters.com and click on ask us a question. We share posts over there too. And you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. 
We'd also love it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes so we can connect with more sisters out there. And until next time, remember, you got this, sister. Thank you.